0: yeah so I mean just as a framework so I've worked for Tony Robbins I sold my last company uh, one of my last companies to virgin I ran it for um, the group and for Richard Branson for a couple of years and I've spent the last you know um, uh, you know two three years working with Inc magazine with an entrepreneur and really getting out there and interviewing people who are the best at the best at what they do you know whether it's somebody like a, a and John or a Gary Vaynerchuk or Nicole Arbor you know he's got like a Billion, you know, 100 million video views on YouTube, whatever it is, just she's amazing. And I'm always trying to figure out like, what is it? What is the difference that makes the difference between the people that are the outlier standouts today and everyone else? Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need The Habit Factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grumberg.
1: All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg. Today, we have a fantastic guest, really an incredible, tremendous personality. In fact, part of his bio is just that. He's a TV online celebrity slash personality. He does a lot of interviews himself for, I believe it's Entrepreneur Magazine, He's a best-selling author. He is. He's been a co-host of. I think it's called Business and Burgers. He is a brand ambassador. He's a business coach. He. I, there's nothing he's not doing at this point. Scott Duffy, welcome to Habits to Goals. How you doing, sir?
0: Dude, I'm doing awesome. It's great to be here. You
1: know, I'm a big fan of the show. <laughs> and you sound mostly very good. Um, so so I want to say uh thank you so much for the first effort we ran through uh you know over hurdles around obstacles it was really a uh a huge effort and I'm just honored to have you on the show and I'm excited to get back into all those good stories we got 25% through So having said
0: that, (laughs) you know, it's so funny. I just got to jump in. It's so funny because yesterday when we first tried to record the show was like the typical day as an entrepreneur, right? We walked in, you and me, we had a plan. We were ready to go. We had tech difficulties. We were moving around. They ended up having a concert next door. It's like everything, right? Right. But just like a typical day as an entrepreneur, you know, it's, it's funny, it's like, you, you go into the day you're all charged and that first call, you know, you got the big deal. And then 20 minutes later, you lost the big deal. And then 30 <laughs> minutes later, you got it back. And you just got, you know, you just got to keep going, right? Yeah, you just got yeah. to smile well, on, just keep on rolling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was saying that's we're really in the business of making uh lemonade out of lemons. And so you typified it yesterday. Yeah. Just a hero's effort. So having said that, we, and i don't know if you're going to have the same G- gtr we'd like to kick off the show with the gtr the good things report uh would you like to go first or shall i you know what why don't you kick it off all right well i'm i'm going to stick with kind of the same thing spring has sprung although today it was a much it was it was much more cold i was still in the spring suit i think i'm sticking with the spring suit through summer Um, and you know, any day you can get in the ocean and catch a couple waves, it is a good thing to report. There is one other thing today. Here we are grinding on a Saturday. It is Cinco de Mayo. So for some reason, that's got, that's got to be a good thing somewhere, right? It is. Yes, it is. (laughs) So, uh, there we go. That's me. Your turn, bud
0: um you know what I had a just a great physical day this morning um I uh got up hit a hill um went hiking and um and then got to the bottom and ran over to a yoga place and did uh, a great yoga session and nice. um so I'm I'm grateful for that opportunity and um and uh good way to start the day that's
1: a fantastic way to start the day that's how you do it you win the day when you start the day off um. Uh, so, let's let's take it back, Scotty, to some of your kind of upbringing, where you were raised, where you went to high school, and then how that kind of weaves you to to and toward your entrepreneurial journey.
0: Well, you know, I as you already know, you know, I I grew up in Southern California. Right. I'm a SoCal guy. I went to school at University of San Diego. And um, I got some awesome advice uh, the first week of my freshman year from a family member. And what they told me is they said, you know, that first week, here's, here's what you got to do. Like, here's your one thing. You've got to go to the career counseling department right. and get to know the people that run it. Like, meet them, introduce yourself, and tell them that at the end of your freshman year, next summer, you want to go and get, like, work as an intern for a cool company. And what I was told is build a relationship with that person over time, maybe get lucky and you get a break. So that's what I did. So I I got to know these two people. They were super cool. And about halfway through the year, I got a call and the person who called me said, Hey Scott, um, get, we got it. Like we have got such an awesome like opportunity for you. You got to come on down. So I cruised down to school and back at that, you know, in in, that time, um, the top internships, like the companies that you wanted to work for, the big companies were like IBM and Xerox and I think Federal Express back at the time and Microsoft. Microsoft. So yeah. I'm, right. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, which one is it? Right. <laughs> they're pretty excited. It's got to be one of these. So I sat down and said, you know, tell me who's it going to be? And they said this, AAA student painters. <laughs> I love and they're like, it. I love it. Student painters? Right, and they're like, no, triple A student painters. And I said, oh my gosh. But what they did is, they said, look, you know, we've gotten to know you a bit, and we can see how entrepreneurial you are. And instead of going and working behind the desk this summer, what we think that you should do is you should basically buy a franchise, become a partner with these guys, and what you'll learn how to do is, you know, write a business plan, build a team, manage people. You know, manage inventory, uh, manage your own P&L. And they said, we just think it's a better fit. And so I got to know the guys at AAA student painters who ended up becoming my best friends. And And that summer, um, you know, I had, I don't know, it, it, it ranged anywhere from 10 to 15, you know, students that, that worked for me, painting is, houses in San Diego.
1: That's unbelievable. How, how old are you at that point? 18. How How old? 18. 18? Uh huh. Incredible. And yeah, I think we talked about this before, but it's amazing to me how many, uh, really great entrepreneurs come out of that, that college works, you know, painting yeah. space. And, and I think it's the model they have, the sales model, the training. I'm not even sure you, You, uh, of course, know it best. So it sounds like you ended up investing and buying a franchise, or how did that work?
0: You know, I don't remember the specifics of the deal. um, But what I I do remember is um, I basically had a branch. And my branch, they called it, was an area of San Diego. It was um, Point Loma and, and Ocean Beach. And so, you know, we pretty much worked. You know those two areas during the summer; they're adjacent to each other, um, right on the water, and um, it was great. I can tell you, every single thing I did was a freaking disaster. I, I, I like, I, I went into this thing thinking I'm going to kill it, and right. I actually did kill it, but not in the way that I thought that I would. <laughs> you, you literally <laughs> killed it.
1: Right.
0: I literally killed it, and can I tell you why? I'm going to yeah, tell you why. Please because do. That's why you're here. There hurt. are. Ch- Okay, there are two ways that we can learn. And the first is this, it's trial and error, and it takes time and it takes money. And the second way is modeling. And what's amazing about franchise opportunities is if they're good, they built a really good, not even a really good, but a great model. And all you have to do is follow that that formula in order to replicate the same result. And what, what I did is I kept trying to do things a little bit different. Right. I kept thinking that if I just kind of put my spin on it, sure. that, but, but, you know, um, it's just not what happened. And I found <laughs> that people like myself who kind of struggled to meet payroll week to week, you know, um, were the kind of people that did what I was just describing, were the people who did what they were told. They modeled success. They did it to the team. Those 18, 19, 20 year old students We're making $100,000 a summer. Right. It was incredible back, you know, a zillion years ago. So I think, you know, there's just, there's real power in modeling, whether it's when you're building a painting business or, you know, you want to be a great parent or you want to be a great athlete, find people out there getting the results you want, find out what they're doing, their beliefs, their strategy and the syntax, the order in which they do things, do the same things to produce the same results.
1: Yeah. And there's no doubt they had a tremendous model. What I, what I love is there's something to this entrepreneurial (laughs) spirit though, that, that even though they're handing you the recipe, they're saying all you have to do is do this, add, you know, 12 ounces of cheese and, and, and this much flour. You're still at least initially thinking, look, I got a better way to do it. I'm going to tweak this. And anyways, that's part of, the experience in learning, but I also think there's something to the entrepreneur in you that made you want to try to do something innovative, you know, your own spin. Well,
0: okay. So that's a great word. Innovative innovator, right? Right. Uh, here's the way I look at it. There's entrepreneurs and innovators. And here's the difference. Innovators um, are great at coming up with ideas. Yep. Right. They're great at putting things out. Entrepreneurs, know how to monetize an innovator's idea. And so we need to be careful that we don't get stuck stuck simply in that innovation mindset. Sure. And that where we live is in kind of a, a a monetization mindset, that we live in that space. Because, you know, the way I look at it today is, you know, I was talking to, you know, my mentor Dave Meltzer, and we were talking about what is the purpose of business? And and you know this is this is what you know. This is what he shares. He said, so "I think the purpose of business today is to be in business tomorrow, and the purpose of being in business tomorrow is to be in business for the next day. And if you can just do that enough days in a row, you give yourself a great chance of coming up with something that's amazing."
1: Yeah, that's you know, great. That's I love it. I, I mean, I think yeah. in in a lot of ways that applies, and we're <laughs> going to get into this on the back end of the show. But but that that applies really nicely to. It's a great way. It's a great philosophy for, for living. (laughs) And I don't mean just surviving the day, but, but thriving in the day and then compiling it and, and adding it to the next day. Um, let me go back to that. That was really interesting observation. Innovation and entrepreneur is entrepreneurialism and this idea. The first thing that comes to mind, and I'm sure you saw the movie was the McDonald's movie, right? Mm -hmm. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, these guys, the McDonald's brothers were the innovators. And then um, – Ray Kroc. Kroc, yeah. Kroc comes along, and he's really, he's really this entrepreneur. And, of course, he's doing it at like 50 or 55 years old, which is insane.
0: Well, <laughs> so uh, here's what I would say about the 50, 55 years old. Yep. When you read Think and Grow Rich. Maybe one of the best personal development books ever written. What you find is when Napoleon Hill studied people with great wealth, what he learned is that the majority of them, the people who, who accumulate great wealth, start in their 40s and their 50s, is when it's happening. You know, the average person that is a millionaire in the United States, you know, the typical millionaire makes um, money, uh, you know, and, and they lose it three times. Um, and uh, but the 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 millionaire that then ends up in the end holding on to their millions doesn't start that business typically until they're forty years old. So just because you're in your forties or fifties or sixties doesn't mean that you're not on the right freaking time in the right path to something absolutely uh, badass. It's yeah. just your time, you know.
1: No, no, and I love that message. I think it's a really important one. A lot of times we will bind ourselves to some truly fabricated timeline and and think just because somebody's done something by, you know, 30 or 40 or 50, it has to be ourselves. And and um, I am here to echo exactly what you're saying. There are so many uber successful people who just started – getting real momentum in their early 50s so great point mm-hmm. totally fair so, sure. so out of out of college work what's the, the how do we end up in the next entrepreneurial uh, adventure and then I, I think there's there's something that <laughs> for lack of a better way to put it bumps you sideways on your journey can you uh, please share that story
0: well so we talked about how, you know, I kind of got my start as an entrepreneur right. painting home. Um, and I was one of those guys right around that time. I mean, I, I loved college. I was, um, the whole, like, experience, I, I had a business. I played rugby. I played college sports. I um, I was in a fraternity. Um, in I, San, I San Diego, like I was, yeah. <laughs> in San Diego, I was having the time of my life Right. until everything for me changed and it happened. I mean, like that,
1: oh. like in a heartbeat and this is insane like what
0: happened was yeah so when i was when i was going to college down there there was a tradition um and a bunch of the schools did the same thing the end of midterm exams everyone would like hop in their cars and cruise nine hours south into mexico to san felipe yeah great right on the beach and and just like have fun like party for two three days it was incredible and um when i was a junior um i got finished with my exams early and I was one of the first cars headed down from, from our, our crew. And I planned to set, you know, kind of help set up. There's just three other people, four of us in the car. And we're about 90 miles South of Mexicali on a federal highway. And for anyone who's listening, who's ever been down to, to Baja, Mexico, you'll know what I'm talking about, where you have these federal highways with one lane in each direction. And then it's like desert as far as you can see. It's really, really crazy. And really dangerous, and um, super dangerous. So we were super dangerous. So we were going along, and by the way, we'll talk about the the, the highway entrepreneurs in a minute. But so, so yeah. we were we were cruising along, and we were going about ninety miles an hour. And a car had gone off the side of the road and tried to gun it back on. Uh. He didn't see us. We didn't see him. Bam! We we hit this guy square on, going like ninety miles an hour. Who was driving? Uh, a friend of mine was driving. Ugh. I was in the front passenger seat. My head through the windshield, my arm through the door, Ugh. two brain hemorrhages.
1: Um, and, and you're in Mexico, I mean, which is like the worst, I mean, hardly ideal place to be, right?
0: Yeah. Uh. I, I, I hate talking about this. It, it was, I mean, it was literally the worst day of my life up to that point. And, you know, the question that I always ask entrepreneurs is this. It's like, how many times in your life have you been cruising down the road? Maybe you know in your business, and you're just doing everything right. Like maybe you had the perfect idea, you wrote the perfect plan, you built the perfect team, you executed flawlessly, and then something it came out of Noah, and like, bam, right, it completely knocked you off course, and everything you have done up to that point. I mean, it could have been the economy, it could have been a breakup in a relationship. Who knows? Could be you lost a partner, right? Everything you did up to that point, every. You know, every call you made, every presentation you built, every email you wrote, you had to throw out and you had to start over. Well, I mean that's what happened to me. Wow. I I thought I just told you, I thought that getting in that accident, that was like the worst day, the worst thing of my life. Right. Let me tell you, getting better was much harder. Right. You see, um I went back to I went back to San Diego and um I dropped out of school. I, I couldn't I couldn't read. I couldn't watch television. I couldn't do anything because um, my head injuries, just everything hurt.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Um, and so I pretty much lay there in bed um, for, for a few months. And, and, um, and But a but funny thing happened. I picked up a hat. One day, one of my roommates came in. like, my dad thinks you should listen to this. And it was a motivational book on tape. Wow. The dinosaur. And so I started listening. And before you knew it, I started to like develop this collection of motivational books on tape. Right? Everything from Dennis Whedon, his exhibitor, Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, um, Dale Carnegie. Unbelievable.
1: Um, and- so you so you're laid up in bed and you're just feeding your brain this brain food, so to speak.
0: That's all I did. Wow. Every day. Now, I don't I just remember some days my head hurt so bad, like I don't even know how much I heard, but some, somehow it's just like it, it just kinda of sank in. Right. But when I got better, I said to myself, I want to go and I want to go back to school and I want to go work for one of these people who inspired me as an intern. And the first person I applied to work for was Tony Robbins. I was 20, he was 30 years old. It was a long time ago. And um, instead of offering me an internship, he, he offered me this awesome job um, traveling around the US and Canada, uh, doing workshops for him and, and promoting and selling his programs. And, and, um, and so I, I went to work, and um, I remember like a year later, we were at lunch in Seattle, Team Lunch, and I said to Tony I said, you know, man, I don't know if you know or you remember how I even got to you. Like, I was one of those people, I was on a roll, I was having the time in my life. Right. And then this thing came out of nowhere, and it knocked me off course. But I developed a habit, and the habit brought me you. And since I've been around you, I've had an opportunity to see the people and be around the people around you, which has like completely reshaped my sense of possibility. And I said this and that, and he stopped me. And he goes, Scott, I always want you to remember this. He said, in life and in your business, you have good days and you have bad days. Huh. But you won't know which is which until sometime way down the line, because you don't know what you're going to make of the experience. And That's awesome. Right? I found that to be so
1: true. Yeah. Wow. That is unbelievable. And so he was only 30 at the time? Mm Mm-hmm. You guys are about 10 years difference. Incredible. Exactly, 10, yeah. Wow. So I'm going to kind of go slightly off course as we get near second base here. Just to – because – You have done so many interviews yourself. I think it's kind of a natural segue here, Scott, Uh, coming off the heels of this great advice from, from Tony, you know, good day, bad day. It's very much like the, uh, the Chinese farmer fable. What, what, when you talk and you've talked to numerous personalities, I'll let you mention the ones, but but I'm thinking what are the gems? If there's two or three great anecdotes <laughs> or gems you have pulled out some from some of your recent entrepreneur, you know, interviews, please sure. share with the audience. I'd love to hear yeah. firsthand
0: from you. Cool. Yeah. So I mean just as a framework. So I've worked for Tony Robbins. I sold my last company, uh one of my last companies to Virgin. I ran it for um the group and for Richard Branson for a couple of years. And I've spent the last, you know, um, uh you know two, three years working with Inc. magazine with an Entrepreneur and really getting out there and interviewing people who are the best at the best at what they do. You know, whether it's somebody like Damon John or a Gary Vaynerchuk or Nicole Arbor, you know, who's got like a billion, you know, a hundred million video views on YouTube, whatever it is, just she's amazing. And I'm always trying to figure out, like, what is it? What is the difference that makes the difference between the people that are the outlier standouts today and everyone else? Because I found in my life that those things change, right? And, And here's what I found. What I found is this. I found that the people that are the most successful today, they have got this crazy, ridiculous, it's like almost obsessive, compulsive passion for learning. Like that's it. And here's why. The reason is it used to be the time moves so slow, right? 25 years ago, I mean, you could like build your 20 year plan for your company. Right. You could literally look out the window. You could see your competition um, and, and, and time. You know, it was hard as an entrepreneur to jump in the game because it was really expensive. Right. And, and, and so and so, time moves slow. But today, that's not the case. Today, time doesn't move linearly. It moves exponentially. Change happens so fast. Yep. It's like, you know, I, I was reading that 100 years ago, the average man in the United States lived to be 49 years old. That's it. 100 years ago, 49 years old in the U.S. I'm 47. That freaks me out. But here's the thing. Maybe back at that time, being great at one thing was good enough because of how, how long you live. But today, that just doesn't happen. In fact, I was also reading that last year's graduating class from college in the United States, the top 10 jobs that the kids wanted didn't even exist 10 years ago. Right. And what happens is the people that are the most successful, they know this. And so they are just absolutely obsessive about staying on top. Right? Staying on top. I love it. I'm here today to tell you this. Based on everything I've learned from these these people, I'm here to tell you that whatever that thing is that you are freaking great at, the thing that was like five years ago, let's say five years ago, was like it was your superhero power. It was the thing that you would always go back to when you wanted to earn or excel. It was like your silver bullet that you kept in your holster. That one thing that made you you five years ago today, that's your baggage. Huh. And that's what these people know. And so what I, what I would say is the number one most important thing that you need to have today is that passion for learning.
1: Incredible. So this is a theme that's come up multiple times. And if I'm the listener, I'm patting myself on the back because I'm listening and I'm learning to this, you know, t- or listening to this program and learning the the term, Scott, that has come up multiple times. Is autodidact. It's basically mm-hmm. to be a self, you know, self taught, a person who's learning on their own. They're going after those things that they're passionate about. So yeah. this is like the third or fourth show where it, where it just keeps coming up. And I, I love that you brought that up. That's huge.
0: You, you know what's interesting is um, we, the way that we learn. So you're talking about self-taught learning. You know, we went to school and we learned with the group, right? Right. Wherever we were. So around the training, you know, and the speaking space, people go to conferences, they go online, they do group things. When you take a look at kids today. So I have eight, nine-year-old daughters. And when you take a look at the way that the kids learn, it is all about DIY. It's do it yourself. I, You know, one of my daughters plays an instrument. And she picked it up out of nowhere. And, and one day I heard her <laughs> playing. She didn't even tell me she yeah, was playing.
1: it's incredible. She got
0: the instruments. She goes on YouTube, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. That, that's what these kids do. And so, again, part of our job, if, if we're not kids anymore, part of our job is to be really freaking adaptive. And by the way, part of the way to be really adaptive and to understand these things is I really believe that everybody shouldn't just be mentoring someone, but you always need to have at least one person that you're mentoring that is half your age. And that's what's going to keep you young. That's what's going to keep you fresh. Like, learn what they know. And they want to know what you know, but you can learn just as much from them as they will ever learn from you. Hey,
1: hey that's a great tip, and and it's going to afford me uh, an opportunity to slip something in here. So, you may not know this, but 20-ish years ago, I became a big brother, so Mm -hmm. I was mentoring a young man who was about 10 and a half. The point is, the world needs big brothers and big sisters. It's just an easy way for me to work that in. It's a great way to give back to the community. We can either mentor kids, right, and help Mm -hmm. keep them out of trouble, or... Where our tax dollars end up going to more police and more prisons, so it's either you put your resources upstream and and divert the problem, or we're just kind of throwing money away. I I throw that in there, Scotty, just because. Um, what a great way to stay in touch with, uh, as you said, somebody maybe half your age. <laughs> All right, a quick timeout. Again, thank you so much for joining me and Habits to Goals. I hope you are digging this interview. I want to share with you something pretty cool we just thrown out there. You can catch this either live or recorded. It's a webinar I put on. It's about 60 minutes. It goes through nine major tips. It gives you background about the habit factor, a little bit about me, and an overview, an intro to something we have put together called the 28-Day Breakthrough fantastic course, really the goal of which is, it's the old, you don't feed a man a fish or woman, you teach them to fish, and so this is built above, beneath, around the habit factor, really gets in depth with mission, vision, values, some great modules around Goals in particular, energy, the mastery mindset. Those are uh, modules that are included. Anyways, check it out. All you have to do is go to thehabitfactor.com forward slash 28. That's the number two eight, 28, 28-day, D-A-Y, webinar. That's thehabitfactor.com forward slash 28-day webinar webinar. You can get the info, sign up, and hopefully we'll see you on the inside. And with that, let's get back to this fantastic interview. Cheers. And and keep up to date on that. The other thing that I think is worth saying, we are both members of the Two Daughter Club. So, and I, frankly, envy where you are. Eight and nine, those were magical <laughs> Magical times. I I'm at fifteen and seventeen, brother. Whole different yeah. ball game. No, actually they're, they're yeah. fantastic kids, but it's a very it's
0: not eight and nine or eight and ten, I can tell you that. Well, I'll tell you what's happened probably in the last eight, nine years, right, since they were my kids' age, which is interesting is this. So um so they now this is this is kind of off off topic, but you know, when it comes to learning, here's something that I just learned. What I just learned is um, the kids in – so gr- growing up, I remember there was, like, sex ed in school, right? And when girls hit a certain age, you know, maybe they learned about certain things about how their body was working and, right. you know, everyone puberty and things like that. Well, today they do classes, at least where, uh, where, where, where we are, um, about what you see on the internet. And they, it's, it's in the fifth grade. And it's actually not through the school, but, um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's something that for the past two, three years, um, they have asked the fifth grade parents to, to participate in.
1: Hmm. And
0: basically, you know, you learn about all these, these videos that you see. And if you run into something that's, you know, you know, sex or whatever, like what, what it means, um, because it's, you know, these are really different times that we're growing up, you know, they're growing up in and, um. And, and and what is in front of our kids, you know, is changing so fast that there is a loss of innocence at a very young age. And I think that many of these kids are really struggling with that. And so, um, you know, if you have kids that are, you know, that are sub 10, this may be, you, know, you may want to look in your area for programs like this. Because what wow. I've heard from parents is they are phenomenal at helping the kids to adjust.
1: Well, that's good Good uh, advice for sure. Um, all right, let's bring this around second base. I'm going to uh, get into a couple questions because I know we're both semi-tight on time, and I want to keep this on our schedule. I feel like I already feel like we got to have you back, and there, we could do this for hours. But But I have some kind of routine questions I like to ask. And I think we were, we were kind of on the fringe. One of them is how do you battle through tough days, like a really shitty day? What, what's going on internally? What, what's the self-talk like? What's the – how are you fortifying your mental toughness? What's going on there, Scott?
0: Well, I, I answer that in two parts. The first part is I think our brain is just like Google. And you see, when, when, whenever stuff happens to us, our brain is always asking two questions. What does this mean and what should I do? And what we tend to do is, and so what happens is we start to ask ourselves questions. And the quality of the question, you know that internal dialogue you have? Yeah. The quality of your question is going to determine the quality of the answer that you get. And I look at it again, just like Google. So if, if I'm having a bad day and I... Type into Google, why do I suck? Right. <laughs> Google. I'm so glad you know, I asked this question. This is great. Yeah. Your Google brain is going to come up. Think about it. If you type into Google, it will come. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do this as we're talking. If, if, if you type into Google. Right. Why? Okay. Why do I suck? <laughs> You're going to get a thousand answers. I got 7,630,000 answers that tell you why you suck. I love it. Well, that's just what happens in your head, right? And so what happens is, is you, you, why you suck, you get all these answers and then you start to feed into it. You keep going down this loop in your head of all these questions. It either happens consciously or more than likely it's happening unconsciously. It's like auto programming. And so the first thing you need to do is ask yourself a better question. when, Things are tough or you're having what you characterize as a crummy day, you gotta ask yourself the questions like, you know, what's great about this? What can I learn from this? Actually, you know, why is this the best thing that could possibly happen to me right now? Like, how could I do this better next time and actually really enjoy the process? And every time you ask one of those questions, Google is gonna come up with seven million more answers and so why? And you see, when you do that, you change the question, right? You change the way you look at things, the way that you look at things change. It's beautiful. And so by asking a better question, you change your perception. And, and, and when you do that, you change the way you feel. And when you change the way you feel, you change the way you, you behave. And when you change the way you behave, you change the results that you get in your life.
1: That's fantastic. So, Sorry. Go ahead.
0: So the first way you get through this is you ask yourself a better question. The second way that you do it is to meditate. It's to meditate. It is to turn all things off. And just just relax your mind and take a deep breath and breathe. And, and, and disconnect yourself from all of that noise. Now, I think meditation can come in a lot of different kinds of forms. Meditation can come from sitting cross-legged and putting your, you know, putting your, your fingers out and your hands out and deep breath. It can come from taking a walk around the corner, you know. Simply just change the way you move and you change the way you feel. As Tony used to say, Tony Robbins, motion creates emotion. So, you know, again, I, I would start by asking a better question. I would disconnect myself from the craving, close my eyes, and just relax, or go for a walk and just disconnect. You know, let the let the motion change the emotions that I'm
1: experiencing. That is that is money. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I I love this idea. What you just said, this idea that questions. Channel our focus, right? They direct our focus, and our focus directs our feeling. So, if you're feeling bad, you know it's it's an equation that works left to right or right to left. Um, mm-hmm. So beautiful. Change the question. Super good. All right. How? Question number two. How do you, Scott Duffy, define success?
0: Success to me is, um, the, the kind of the constant and never ending pursuit of my pure potential. I love it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's what it is. I mean, it's one thing for me to have a goal and I'm very goal oriented, but, um, what I find when I'm out there going to working how to achieve the goal is either the goal, the end goal may change for me or the way that I get there may change And so what I need to do is I need to, I need to really drop in and enjoy what it is I'm doing and the pursuit. And when things don't work out the way that you planned, you know, asking yourself a better question really helps you in that process. It helps take what could have been something that in the past made you feel terrible and you didn't like the process to something where you're like, all of a sudden you start to feel empowered. And you start to make connections and you start to understand why. Because everything in life happens. So you talked about time earlier. The only time that matters is the universe's time. And everything happens at the perfect place and at the perfect time in the universe. Right? And so my my goal is every day to continue that 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 persistent, consistent pursuit of my pure potential and enjoy that process.
1: And that's what I was gonna say. Repeat so it's the it's the constant pursuit of your you said pure potential?
0: Yeah, so it's... it's, it's, it's da- you know it's, it's days. So again, this is something that, that, that Dave, you know, um, uh, my buddy Dave Meltzer, you know, really helped me to understand was, is that it's the consistent, meaning every single day... Habits. And persistent, <laughs> meaning there's no way that I'm going to quit, pursuit of your pure potential. And, 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 and so... What's really important here? What's really important here is that consistent doesn't mean that you do, you know, 10 hours of work on it on Saturday and not the next six days. What is important is that you schedule time, you honor your goals, and you honor the universe by actually becoming a master of your calendar. And and whatever it is that's most important to you, you make the time for it. And it could be five minutes, but if it's done consistently, what happens is, this is what happens in the universe. There's, there's a multiplier effect. So if I spend today, like I'm, I'm in, in, you know, I'm we you, you started this thing off, I, you know, I, I exercise twice today, right? right. And I'll exercise tomorrow and the next day. So what I know is this, what I know is if I exercise today, it's like I have the results uh, to a single multiplier effect, And then it's like compound, compounding. If I exercise tomorrow, it's like it's to the second power. Then the next day to the third power, the fourth power. But here's what happens. Most people, when they're exercising or they're dieting or whatever, they, 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 they get all this momentum, right? By the end of the week, by Saturday, they're at X to the sixth power. And on Sunday, they freaking blow it. They don't exercise They eat like shit, whatever it is. And what happens is it resets that multiplier effect. It resets that clock on you. And so the most important thing is the universe doesn't care about size. It cares about exact, and it cares about consistency. And so the key is every single day, whatever it is that's most important to you, to practice that at least for a moment. The consistent and persistent pursuit of your pure potential. And what that will do is make you more statistically successful in terms of getting on your path to nailing your goals.
1: Got it. Well, so that's fantastic. And it's a perfect segue to habits. Yeah. When you're talking about consistent behaviors, the the fact is, this is why the show is called habits to goals. If you have a goal, the, quickest, most efficient way to get there is to craft and align the positive habits that support your goals. So that's what Scott just said there. I will say, and, and, you know, with the habit factor methodology, because there are tracking days and because the people track Scott, it does allow for target days. So Mm. it's more important that you continue to track and set target days than just try to do it every, like, for me, I, I can't, it's not even that I can't. It's, it's not great for my body to be running three and a half miles seven days a week. But if I'm doing that and I have been for, I don't even know how many, probably a dozen years at this point, um, three times a week, that's consistency. Right. It's not seven days a week, but it's consistency over the long haul. And I think the way to get there, at least from my experience, has been setting target days. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, I
0: mean, that that makes a lot of sense. And if I could just throw one more thing. in there. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah. So just like two metaphors. One is that, you know, I I always say, you know, we are nothing more, nothing less than the five people we spend the most time with. And if you don't believe me, just do this. Make a list of the five people you spend the most time with. Next to each name, write down what you think they earn. Add it all up and divide by five. And the odds are that is exactly what you earn. Now, you can apply that methodology to any area of your life. People who are fit hang around people that are fit people. People who are spiritual people hang around people that are spiritual. You get the point. I think the same thing is true with habits. I think... That if you were to write down a list of all of the things that you did in the course of the day and maybe the next and the next and see what some of your habits were and you wrote down your top five habits, you're the average, probably more or less, of those five habits. And so, you know, um, you know one of my questions would be, you know, is there one habit, is there one thing that's disempowering that you're doing now where if you were to change that one thing, you could change your life forever just by, by you know, changing that one habit. So I know you. This is what this is your this is your sweet spot. This is this is you're the master G.
1: This is well. This is what we do. Sure. Yeah, that's all. Men's natures are alike. It's their habits that carry them far apart. And that is Confucius. Something like 2000 BC or something. Um, all right. Well, since we're having a lot of good habit talk, Scott, what are two or three habits? And I think you touched on them in the open, but probably worth reiterating that you uh, feel contribute greatest to your success.
0: Um, I do something for my body every single day. So whether it's, you know, I'm exercise or I'm running or, you know, it could be, you know, I, I piled it up for a couple of days. I hit it really hard today, tomorrow. I don't know that I'm. I may walk, but I'm, I don't think I'm gonna do anything really strenuous. Right. But what I'll do is I'll you know. I, I'm really big on like I use uh, CBD oil for inflammation, oh, yeah. and so maybe I'll kind of I'll, I'll rub that into some sore areas or something. Like the whole point is every day I've scheduled time for health, you know, to take care of my health. And um, and I wasn't always like this. I mean, when I was young, I was obsessive about exercise and, and competition and things like that. And then there was a period of my life where things got really hard and everything went up, you know, up in you know, the <laughs> right. freaking disaster, right. right? Right. And then, but, but it really got bad for me. And I was under, I, I had a period of my life, um, you know, just a few years ago where I was incredibly stressed out. Uh, I was, um, I had, I really, you know, I was eating like crap. Right. I, you know, I, I was you know, I've I've never been like a big drinker kind of person, but I started to drink a little bit during that time, you know, a little bit yep. more like actually and and I got out of whack and and one day uh one, one, day, one night I, I flew to um to get into Arizona for a business meeting. And I uh about one thirty in the morning and I woke up and I had terrible pain. No way. And like I, I got up and I collapsed. What? And yeah. And I, I tell this in my new book. I've I've, I've only shared this twice publicly. This is the second time. And I uh, I was um, on the floor for over four hours. I couldn't even crawl an inch to get the phone. I, I was going to die. And it turned out I had a a clot uh, that was in probably they started my heart that fell into my gut. Oh. And luckily passed and saved me. Um. And it was a real wake-up call for me oh, about, you wow. know, about habits, about pressure. You know, sometimes it takes a long time to get the message. And that's why, you know, the people that are the wealthiest and the most successful, many of them start in their 40s and 50s and 60s, yeah. whatever that thing is. Yep. When, when the market crashed in 2008, I was I, I was uh, over at Richard, on Richard Branson's Island, Necker, for a CEO conference. And... When we were leaving that day, um, the, it, on the last day, I remember we were at this, this airport on Tortola and, and I was standing out with all the planes and stuff and there were two people. In. And one was the CEO of Virgin Atlantic. Had been there for like 20 plus years, total legend in commercial aviation. And I remember because he was so well-respected in the group, I walked up to him and I said, I have a question. Like the whole world seems to be falling apart right now. I need you to teach me one thing. What is what is the number one thing, the most important part of your job? <laughs> and I thought he would say something like communication, leadership,
1: cheerleader,
0: <laughs> a sharp pencil. You know what his answer was? I'm
1: guessing cheerleader, but do tell. Exercise. Exercise. Awesome.
0: And I said, no way. I'm surprised that you said exercise. And he looked me square in the eye and he said, I'm disappointed that you're surprised. And he walked away. Mm. That day, I got on a plane and I was sitting next to David Cush and David was the CEO of Virgin America. And we were flying back to the West Coast and I said, I go, hey, David, I go, I just had this crazy conversation. I said, you know, what's the most important part of your day? And he didn't even wait for me to ask the question. He goes, oh, that's easy, exercise. And I said, really? And he said, yes. He said, because Scott, you got to remember this. He said, when times are tough, you've got to be the toughest person in the room. And if you're not taking care of yourself better than everybody else, there's no way that you can do it. So two of the most powerful men in the world and one of the biggest industries in the world had the same answer, exercise.
1: That's fantastic. So the- yeah, no, I actually, I apologize. I misunderstood the question. I thought the question was, what is he doing for his team as the as the economy's collapsing? But But the question was, the most important thing he does to keep himself sharp, right?
0: No, no. Well, it was, it was what my question to him was. what's the most, it was more along lines of what you were thinking. It was, what's the most important part of your job? Like, what do you do? Like, I was thinking the same thing. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's where I misunderstood. I'm sorry, but I, but I get it. And look, health, uh, as you know, is the first wealth. It doesn't matter. You can have billions of dollars, but, But if you can't enjoy it because you don't have the right energy, uh, so that has to be the number one
0: priority. And that is right. So the the most important part of your job, what you do for your team, the most important is take care of yourself. Because you can't give anybody else what you don't have already. That's inside of you.
1: All right. Next question. Do you have a favorite quote? something you hang your hat on. It might even just be something that's top of mind. So which works.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, I have so many, I have, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, just, I just run a couple, you know, um, uh, uh, people, with limited visions of themselves can never have a bigger vision for you. Um, uh, nice. be dedicated to the process as well as the product. Uh, you don't always need to lead if you have the heart to come from behind. Say
1: that last one. And,
0: out. You broke up a little. You all, yeah, you don't always need to lead if you have the heart to come from behind. I love that. And the biggest difference between where you are today and where you want to be is the standards that you set for yourself.
1: Is the standard you set for yourself? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure I heard that. Those are dude. <laughs> this is this is why you're a, a master student of success. Those were all fantastic. Is there a big idea you are contemplating these days as it relates to success?
0: Well, or is just um, something rattling that, around in your head. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I think that success is a is a it's a group effort. You know, nice. no one does it on their own. And so um, yeah. for know. me, it's all about, uh, you know, the big idea that I have now that I'm executing is my breakthrough mastermind. And what we do is um, it's a, a small group of people. We get together three times a year um, across the country. And we bring in the top, I bring in the top people in the country, top, you know, business people, top training people, top whatever people. Um, we pick a theme. And then we, we combine the training with like an amazing experience to help lock it in. So whether we're training with the Navy SEALs, right, or we're uh, down in San Diego, or, you know, we're taking batting practice at Yankee Stadium, or, you know, we're fly fishing at the base of the Grand Tetons, whatever it is with people that are absolutely amazing um, learning with each other and from each other. I mean, that's. That's really what I'm doing, and I'm taking those lessons, and I'm sharing those lessons with people in the form of books and my shows and all that, that kind of stuff.
1: That's
0: fantastic. I have a new book stores on July 28th, and it is called Breakthrough and for more information on the breakthrough book uh, visit me at scottduffy.com
1: yeah we're going to we're going to get all that um i'm going to make you reiterate that at the very end we are sticking that and we are going to hang all the links to all your good work so that's breakthrough and what's the subtitle there i like that it was something about putting the spark into action yeah
0: it's, it's how to harness the aha moments you know those goosebump moments that we yeah. all have Yep. Spark success.
1: How to harness the aha moment. All right. We are almost done, buddy. Rounding third. A couple of your favorite transformative books or books you gift, things you uh, just books that changed the direction of your life.
0: So, different books for different times of life. Yep. But I think that a few that um, have always stuck with me, you know, I love uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. I love Dave Meltzer's "Connected to Goodness." Um, I love um, I love "As a Man Thinketh." Um, the, spirit, the seven spiritual laws of success from Deepak Chopra.
1: Yeah, that's a great one. Um,
0: yeah, anything from Wayne Dyer.
1: Yeah, Dyer. Oh man, breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the seven faces of intention might be my favorite from that man.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, uh, when we talk about habits, I just, I want to share one more. Sure. One of the really common habits with, you know, people who are like each other tend to like each other. And so you'll find the most successful people at X all hang around each other, you know, and and then, and then you, 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 hear the expression, it's, you know, it's, you know, really small group at the top, Right. Or, you know, it's really tight when you get to a certain – it's because people who are like each other tend to like each other. And you know what they all do? They all gift books. It is the most common habit that I see with these people is they, they have this passion for learning and they gift books. And, and it's not just like they go to Amazon and just send you something. I mean I've, I've been in people's offices where they'll get a gifted book that's got tabs in it, pages folded, notes in it. And they're constantly pushing each other and helping each other to learn more and to expand.
1: That, I'm so glad you shared that, Scott. That's awesome. Yeah, I find I'm, you know, uh, doing the same thing. I like to gift books. There's, it's just so powerful. Spreading ideas. Um, All right, we're close to signing off. Your favorite tech tool. Gadget app, other than the phone itself, something you can't live
0: without. Well, I'm testing one, that I have a feeling I'm not going to be able to live without. And it's um, it's a product called Scipio. So Scipio is a uh, text messaging tool. And you know, when you take a look at the conversion numbers, how do you spell um, it's it's what? yeah? What is it called? It, it, it's called it's called Scipio.
1: Skipio. And
0: Yeah, it's S-K-I-P-I-O.
1: Okay, perfect.
0: And it, it's almost like a CRM, but for text messaging. And, and what it does is, you know, when you take a look at all the data, the number of people, the percentage of people that open that read emails, versus what happens with people when they receive a text message. Well, what we found is that when we use a product like Scipio, and when we're communicating with our groups or when we are um, inviting people to programs or whatever it is, the response rate, text versus email, is just unbelievable.
1: Huh.
0: And so what we're doing is we're, we're using Scipio in everything that we do now. And again, it's like a tool where you can go. We can customize messages. We can create groups. They give you a custom phone number, and um, it's uh, it's awesome.
1: I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds, sounds pretty awesome. So, all right. Before we sign off, is there any tangential thought you might have? Something else you want to say? Um, and, and if not, that's certainly okay. We will just share your latest work and keep moving. I just like to hang that out there. If there's anything else you want to say.
0: I, I just think, you know, life's a funny thing, right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> Very and, funny. and and we don't know, you know, it doesn't wait. And so, you know, whatever that thing is that lives deep inside you, that thing that keeps you up late at night and gets you up early in the morning, you got to let that freaking thing out because nice. life doesn't wait. So, you know, life doesn't wait, just launch, just do it. You know, that is and, and when you do it and when you do it, here's the distinction that I want you to make. Don't just say yes and figure out how say yes and figure out who knows how. Wow. And that's what's going to lead you to be a success.
1: That's awesome. Between that and the I'm so glad I asked that in the earlier the the Googling of the question and directing your focus. I mean, what so many great gems here. It has been educational, enlightening, and entertaining, the three E's. Scott Duffy, everybody, give him a big hand. So, Scott, before <laughs> I let you go, uh, mm-hmm. you have your new book, Breakthrough. We will send a or set up a link to scottduffy.com, right? That's yep. two, T's, yep. two T's, two F's? Yes, S-C-O-T-T-D-U-F-F-Y. And uh, anything else
0: worth mentioning or promoting, please go for it. Yes, please. Please follow me on social media. Let's connect. Um, uh, I'd love to meet you. Um, I'm at Scott Duffy Media across all social media channels. So at Scott Duffy Media.
1: At Scott Scott Duffy Media. Well, it's been brilliant, Scott, And, and for you to make time after yesterday's challenges Mm. just speaks volumes to your character then to jump in uh the studio here and do this call on a saturday uh everybody here is grateful thank you for your time sir have a terrific remainder of the weekend and we will talk soon thanks again bud say goodbye to the uh, audience goodbye to the audience there you go you guys be awesome great job Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things. The books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going? It's phenomenal. It's I, The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book, again, check it out, audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick, audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two. And of course, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful see you at the next episode.